0: Thank you for joining us to hear today's message. At Faith Assembly, our passion and purpose is loving people to life in Christ. To find out more information, visit our website, faithnewcumberland.com. Turning your Bibles to Joshua chapter 3 this morning. Joshua chapter 3. Joshua. That's right. Like my surname and our son's name, Caleb Joshua a man of faith step out in faith we're in the series and man I tell you what each time I prepare and it's just like it's it's both an inspiration to me and a challenge because I I find like my weeks going through as I'm preparing it's it's one test after another of faith you know it's one journey of faith anytime. <clears throat> As a pastor, I'm about to preach on something or I'm in the middle of preaching something. It's like as if God is teaching me while I'm preaching. And sometimes it's not always very comfortable, right? It's like, man, he's stretching my faith and circumstances and situations are happening. And it's so good as I'm preparing. It's like God's reminding my heart. I told Krista this morning, I think God, I'm preaching today, but I think God's preaching to me today. So, as I, as I preach, as I bring God's word, it's, it's not just for you. It's for me. It's for my heart. It's for, it's for my life. So a God's word changes all of us. All right. I might have the responsibility to teach his word, but he's teaching me, right? He teaches me as I'm, as I'm studying, as I'm praying. And so we're in the series of just taking steps of faith, looking at different stories of people taking steps of faith. And here, Today we're in a powerful story of, of Joshua, the people of Israel, about to step out into the Jordan River. So in your Bibles, Joshua 3, we're going to look at Joshua chapter 3 and Joshua chapter 4 this morning. If you have your phones, you can find it there on Version or whatever Bible app you might be using. Bible Gateway is one of my favorites as well. Uh, Joshua chapter 3, Joshua chapter 4, reading from the New International Version. And then I want to, as we read this afterwards, we're going to look at seven principles we can take from this and apply to our lives. What is God's word speaking to us? Joshua chapter 3, starting with verse 1. Early in the morning, just like today, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Everyone say, move out. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. Someone say, never. 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 I just, that story, that's, so he's saying move out because you don't know where you're going because you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about a 1,000 yards or 10 football fields between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourself. Someone say consecrate. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Hallelujah. God still does. Amazing things. Amen. Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel. So they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. There's this transition of leadership, right? Moses, they were used to following Moses and now someone else is barking orders at them. Right? Tell the priests, verse 8, who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Someone says stand in the river. Don't tiptoe in the river. Stand in the river. I want you to stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Termites, and all those other names. When I was a kid, I could never, I was like, why are they all like ites, you know? It's like the weirdest names in the Bible. Anyways. See, the Ark of the Covenant, verse 11, of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Isn't that powerful? The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord will go into the Jordan ahead of you. God is before you, right? God is not behind us. God is you before us, verse twelve. Now then, choose twelve men from the twelve tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. And here's a minor detail that the Bible includes. Now, the Jordan is at flood stage at all during harvest. I wish he would have said that beforehand, right? Just by the way, but no, he's giving them instructions. You're going to do this. You're going to go, oh, by the way, the river at this time is at flood stage. So um, this is going to be a miracle. This is going to require faith on your journey. Yet, it says, as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. Jesus, thank you for your miracle working power in the past, in our present, and in our future. Lord, you still make the waters stop up. You still do amazing things. You still call us to step out into the floodwaters of life. But it's at that point you go before us, and as we step, the waters dry up in an instant. Jesus, no matter what we might be facing today, no matter what you might be calling us to step out into, we trust you. We put our faith in you. Do it again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. A few things we want to we take from the story, and we'll look at a, at, a, at a little more of the story as well, is uh, seven principles that we can pull out of this. Number one, when God moves, you move. When God moves, you move. It's very simple. It says in uh, verse 3, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God who are, uh, and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. In our lives as we're serving the Lord, we sense his presence. And when we sense God's presence moving us in a certain direction, when he sends us our presence to make a change in a certain direction, we had better be obedient to the Lord. I know there's times in my life where I haven't been obedient to the Lord, where I have sense God doing something or sense him making a change. And I've been, you know, dragging my feet. And those times aren't the most fruitful times. They're not the most fun times. But when God says move or when God is moving us and changing a situation, we had better make that move. So the people of Israel faced this situation, and he says when, when God's presence moves, you need to follow that. So they had this history of following the presence of God. There was a, the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night and the ark of the covenant that housed the, the manifest glory presence of the Lord was in their midst. And it said that, that when that presence moved, they were to move and to follow after God the question is is where is God's presence moving in your life where is God's presence moving in your situation the Israelites were faced with a decision they knew that the promised land they were to take they were to conquer God had promised them this land but there was something standing in their way and that was the Jordan River There was the obstacles in their way. There was Jericho eventually. There was AI. There was all these cities and towns that were standing in the way of possessing that promised land that we've been talking about on Wednesday night. So it simply comes down to the first step is when God moves or when God tells us to do something, to go somewhere, to speak to someone, to be obedient, we must do that. We must move on. The step one is that we must move when God moves. Number two, where God moves, you move. Where God moves you move. It says when you see the Ark of the Covenant and the priests who are carrying it to move out, you are to follow it. But sometimes we like to go our own way, don't we? Well I see God doing this and I see this opening up but you know what I think I know a shortcut. I think I know a different way around. But where God moves specifically, where He's moving us, when He's moving, the timing and the destination, we need to be obedient to that. There's a usually a plan, a specific purpose, of why He's moving you at that time and why He's moving you to that place. Maybe it's a, a it's a job change in your situation. Maybe it's a a change in a circumstance that's coming on, and and you that you sense it's the timing, and you know it's the destination, and you, you might not know why, but you just need to trust the Lord. You know, we need to trust his timing and his presence and be obedient to that. And here's the third thing, because this is what we all face. Even though you may not know, God knows where he wants you to be. Even though you may not know, God knows where he wants you to be. It says here, Move out, follow it, then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. There are so many times where God's calling us to do something, maybe it's to share with something, and we don't know what's gonna happen, right? We don't know what's gonna take place, but God knows. He's calling us for a reason, He's He's directing us for a purpose. And so even though we might not know, God knows and we must trust that he knows and he has what is best for you and for me. Even though we might not know, God knows where he wants us to be. Number four, set yourself apart for the journey God has for you. Set yourself apart for the journey God has for you. It says here in verse five, Joshua told the people consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourselves. That word has, I mean, we could study that. I was looking at all the backgrounds and man, that, that, That just means to set apart yourself for God. Devote yourself fully to the Lord. Another way you could say is surrender everything to God. When he calls, when he leads, when he's guiding us, we must be set apart for his purpose and for his ways. In the New Testament, it would translate this word as hagios, or to make holy, make yourself holy, consecrate yourself Make yourself holy. In the the Old Testament situation, they had to bathe. They had to get rid of certain things. They had to stay away from sexual activity for that period of time. And that was a way that they could consecrate themselves to God. We consecrate ourselves by surrendering everything to Jesus. Paul says, make your life a living sacrifice, surrendering to him. We don't have to take a special bath anymore to get clean, right? We bathe in the blood of Jesus. Jesus' blood washes us as white as so. So when God calls us, when he leads us, when he's he's directing our lives, when he's calling us to step out, we must set ourselves apart for the journey. It's so easy to want to be like everybody else. But do you know you're supposed to live differently? We are to be different. We are to live differently than everyone around us. Not like the Pharisees. Oh, look how holy I am! Look how consecrated I am! <laughs> right, and Jesus came and whoosh, put them back in their place. But as Chris said, be humble about it. Not like I don't need forgiveness. God's going to forgive me, whatever. But be humble. Be be set apart. Live a life devoted to the Lord. That means you're going to live differently. You're going to make decisions. Differently than the people around you. And they're going to look at you and say, well, why don't you do this? And why don't you do that? And well, God has a plan for my life. God has a purpose for my life. I don't want to get sidetracked. There's lots of things that can sidetrack you from the purposes of God. You're like well, you know, it's a gray area. It's a gray issue. Well, I'd rather be in the black and white than get stuck in the gray, right? The gray can get us in in this kind of paralyzed motion. But when we know what's right, when we know what's wrong, when we're following him, we stay consecrated and devoted to him. We hear his voice, right? We know where he's leading us. We make wise choices. Number 5. We hear, we see, he's leading, we don't know, we devote ourselves. Number five, oftentimes obstacles block our path of obedience. It's no accident that just at this particular time, it's harvest time, it's flood time, just like it is today. This is rainy season, right? This is monsoon week we had. It rained about every day this week. You know, you tried to find that perfect window when I'm going to mow the lawn. I got an hour of daylight, you know, try to mow that lawn before the next downpour comes. Well, here's the people of Israel. They're in harvest time. They're in flood stage. And it says now the Jordan is at flood stage all during the harvest. Go ahead and take a look at this video. Here's a Jordan River at flood stage. How'd you like to step out into that, huh? Just go ahead. Just step into that with a a few hundred thousand people. Oftentimes, obstacles block our path of obedience. That's why faith is required. If at that time the Jordan River was dried up and he says, all right, I want you to cross the river, no faith would be required, right? I know how to walk. We can just walk across. But no, it has to be at the raging storm flood season. And he says, step out. Not just step out, step, You, I want you to be in the middle. He says to the priest, I want you to, to stand in the middle of that river. If the path Were clear, faith would not be as necessary. The same thing with us. Oftentimes God calls us, He leads us, and there's obstacles. Maybe it's a financial obstacle. Well, God, what about this? How, how's this going to happen? And how we're going to how are we going to do this? Maybe it's a circumstance. Maybe it's a a job thing or a relationship or it's a friendship or it's a family member. What are my parents going to think about this? And how's this going to affect Aunt So and So and Uncle So? Oh, man, there are all kinds of obstacles, and when we get stuck on the the raging rivers, or we can say, "All right, God, you said it. I'm just gonna I'm going to step out, and I'm going to." do it sometimes our own sins can be an obstacle our addictions our hangups those things that we've allowed into our lives well God I'd obey you but I mean I really this is more important to me at this time and give it up surrender it consecrate yourself to the Lord number six Step into the floodwaters and watch what God can do. Step into the floodwaters. It says this in Joshua 3.15. The Jordan is at flood stage, yet as soon as a priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. They had to get close. I bet their robes got wet. Can you imagine that? The priest, it says it was when they touched their tippy toes, touched the water, then then the water stopped. But they didn't stop before that. God's word is so clear. It is as soon as they made that step, God answered. Our path might not feel clear. It's like God's calling us; He's asking us to do something, to go somewhere, and we might have to make that. First, we might have to write that first check before there's money in the account. Are we going to know? How am I going to pay the rest of my bills? God says, "I want you to write that check. I want you to give that amount. I want you to talk to that person, even though if it might be the end of that relationship." And if you skip forward in chapter four, it says this. Verse 15, then the Lord said to Joshua, command the priests carrying the Ark of the Testimony to come up out of the Jordan. So everyone has crossed at this time. Verse 17, so Joshua commanded the priests come up out of the Jordan. And the priests came up out of the river carrying the Ark of the Covenant. No sooner had they set their feet on the dry ground than the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and ran at flood stage as before. So the flood stopped when they touched their toes in the water, and the flood became again when they touched their toes onto the dry land again. Isn't that powerful? That's not just some dink. That's a God's amazing, powerful move, a miracle, supernatural doing. There's all kinds of theories I was looking and, you know, it could have been an earthquake that set this off. And, you know, that's why even the the Jericho walls fell because of the riptides of the, you know, aftershock of the earthquake. And But the Bible is clear. It, there's this precise language is as soon as and after. And as soon as they put their feet on, then it stopped and the water stopped. And it's just all these precise language. God doesn't make mistakes. Step into the floodwaters and watch what God can do, that situation that he's calling us to that, that, that conversation that he's calling us to have step out and watch God do something powerful. I can remember when we were, we had a missions trip. This is uh, uh, years ago back in our uh, Chambersburg and we not only had to raise funds for our trip. We had to raise as a team, $15,000 to take with us to help build a church and it was like, how in the world? we're gonna raise, you know, two thousand dollars a person and we're gonna raise an extra fifteen thousand it was it was, you know, I felt like crazy, you know, it made me scared and and uh, but it was like stepping out we had to take those steps of faith and God always supplied and we end up taking more than fifteen thousand with us to help build that church. And it was it was just powerful to see what God could do, but at the beginning, it was like a raging, floody river, you know? And God's like, I want you to step out into this. And it was it was like, are you crazy? <laughs> Don't you know? Number seven. This is my favorite. Always remember what God has done and what God can do. It's easy to get just go on to the next thing, the next project, the next this, the next that, but we need to always remember. And Joshua is very clear here. You look in uh, verse, uh, chapter 4, uh, verses 1 through 9, it says, When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan from right where the priest stood. Okay precise location. Don't just any, just find a stone and put, no, put it, take a stone right from where those priests, uh, that everyone saw where those priests were standing. Take a, take a stone from there. And you put them, you carry them over with you and you put them down to the place where you stayed tonight. night. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe and said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord, your God, into in the middle of the Jordan, each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you in the future. When your children ask you, Hey dad, what are these stones over here for? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the covenant of the Lord. When, when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Isn't that powerful? Remember what God has done and what God can do. I, l- I just love that picture of kids like, hey, dad, and you pull on, the, on your robe. Like, what are the, what is that pile of rubble there? What are those stones for? And let me tell you, son, let me tell you, daughter, What what those what God did. Maybe they're too young to remember. Maybe they weren't quite born yet, but they can tell, they can share the story of what God did. Skip ahead to uh, uh, chapter 4, verse 15. No, sorry, verse 20. Thank you. Verse 20. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their fathers, What do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan just what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this, get this, he did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. I'd say underline that verse, verse 24. Maybe commit that verse to memory. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. When God does something powerful in your life, take up stones to remember what he has done. God's given us three precious stones that I carry around with me and I are daily reminders to me of God's goodness in our life. Their names are Anna, Emily, and Caleb. Because it was in this month, about 12 years ago, where a doctor sat down with Krista and I and says, "You well, just so you know, you probably won't be able to have children. And it was in that season, we were just starting to think about, hey, what do you think, honey? was it start starting to have kids, and we're just starting to have that conversation, and it was like in that season where the doctor says, I'm just not sure that's going to even happen. Fast forward, 2018, here we are, we got three beautiful children. It's our. Uh, it's, uh, these are my stones of remembrance, what God can do. Every day, it's like remembering God... You know, God's bigger than cancer. God's bigger than sickness. God's bigger than hurt and heartache. God's bigger than depression or oppression. God is bigger and God can do beyond all that I can ask, all that I can think, all that I can imagine. Gifts, they are gifts to us. God's reminders to both Krista and I of his grace, his power, and his Goodness, would you bow your heads with me this morning? Jesus, help us to step out in faith with you, Lord. Help us to put our faith in you, Jesus. Rivers that God's calling you to step out into today? What's that obstacle blocking you from obedience today? Jesus says, step out. Step out. Don't wait for the dry season to come to dry up the rivers. I want you to step out. In this flood season, I want you to step out when the circumstances look like the worst time. God says, "This is the best time for me to show up, for me to do a miracle in your life." You say, "God, it would be different. It would be better if we just waited for a different season, when our kids get a little older, or when when we can, uh, you know, just plan a little bit." God says, "I want you to step out now." Don't hesitate. Allow your feet to touch the river's edge. So, Jesus, whatever that is for each of us, maybe we're taking steps in our walk with you. Maybe we're taking steps with our families, decisions we have to make. Maybe we're taking steps with school and jobs and relationships. Maybe there's a relationship question that we're wrestling with. And whatever it is, God, give us clarity. Help us to hear from you and help us to step out and to step out into the the unknown, trusting that you know the way better than we do.